Welcome back to Camp Half Pod. We are your head counselors. I'm Erin, daughter of Athena. And I'm Monica, daughter of Persephone. This week we're talking about chapter 17 through 20 of the Hidden Oracle. All right, I'm just going to say, I know we said last episode, like, Chiron was, like, looking really bad, but this this cha- set of chapters, man, it's not yeah. it's not his anything he says or does. It's the consequences of his previous actions and his, like, the fact he's not that sorry. Right? <laughs> he's just like, oops. He's like, this, you know, stuff like this happens, and I'm like, you, you're the only adult in this situation. You're supposed yeah. to stop things like this from happening. What does he do all day? Like, he's clearly not... He didn't plan this game. This, the eight-year-old did. He is not doing the medical help. Will's doing that. What does he do? What does he plan? What's but his that's job? That's the whole thing. That's the worst part of it. Because, like, okay, so the blame is not really on him because he didn't plan the game. He gave the authority to an eight-year-old. Like, child yeah. of Hephaestus or not. I don't know, man. I would hope my camp... Like, not even camp council, like, head of camp, the only adult in the room would kind of have the foresight to understand an eight-year-old is probably not the best person at being an architect for it. First of all, why are you having this game right now? <laughs> and why is it in the labyrinth? The labyrinth is literally, like, its own entity. Like, it can think I know. and evolve. Clearly, that's not a good... We should not put children in something that could spit them out wherever in the world. He wants to have some kind of community bonding experience. Do like a canoe yeah. lake, a lake day. I mean, I guess it's winter. <laughs> Do like a campfire. Hang out in the everyone yeah. in the big house and tell stories. Maybe trauma bond a little bit, but not via yeah. labyrinth. Yeah, and that's less work for, I mean, I guess it's the same amount of work for Chiron because he did no work for this one. I really, yeah. this book really is like, I feel like Chiron was comically bad. Now I'm like... What is happening? <laughs> Sir, you need to retire. Get someone else to do this job. I don't know that he I cares know. about the children anymore. No, he, he cares about specific children, but from afar. Yeah. Percy. Yeah. Maybe the reason, like, he seemed a little better in Percy's POV, because he was like, Percy was one of the only ones he cared for. <laughs> Percy and Annabeth. Which, like, yeah. same. I get it. I mean, I don't know. Like, I'm watching... I think the thing that has really moved me against against Chiron is Will. Is, like, watching mm, Will... Yes. ...having mm-hmm. to just be the only medic. And I get into it in my notes, so we'll talk about that. But I think when it was Percy, I was like, it kind of is shitty that Chiron's making them play these games. But maybe he's trying to get Percy ready. And also maybe the, like, the games are getting screwed over because Percy has enemies and he's on quests all the time. So he doesn't really talk to Chiron. And this one I'm watching, like, Chiron just like be like, oh no, like <laughs> the games that I have made are causing my kids to lose limbs. <laughs> Good thing we have Will, the 14-year-old. <laughs> And it's also like we've now seen all of Camp Jupiter and how the games they play are actually like to train them. These games are just to endanger them and for (laughs) Chiron to sit there like, oh, well. Well, I mean, a summary of what we're going to talk about so we can talk about it and then just continue. So everyone knows that and gets ready for this bashing of Chiron in this episode. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Apollo and Meg go through the deadly three-like race, and we're going to get some information, set up some bad guys, set up maybe a quest. Mm. Let's go. 
All right, chapter, I have chapter 17 and 18. So chapter 17, bowling balls of death, rolling toward my enemies. I'll trade you problems. Oh, it's not bad. It wasn't about syllables this time. So I know, this time. Take it. <laughs> so we find Meg and Apollo. They're still tied to one another with like the three-legged race deal. They're in the labyrinth where all the participants in the, in the race have fallen. The whole goal of this game is to collect these golden apples that the eight-year-old just kind of like tossed into the labyrinth and they've wound up in various places throughout the labyrinth. But the apples are also all surrounded by traps constructed by the demonic eight-year-old Harley. <laughs> this eight-year-old terrifies me. I don't find I do him not adorable. Blame. I find him adorable and don't blame him at all. I oh, blame okay. the adult who is allowing... I mean, if I had some a little bit of a trigger-happy child and I gave him Creativity Explore, it would not put then put other children into the creative things that he's created. That's true, yeah. It's like a backyard project, you know? Like, you build a little rocket in your backyard, but you don't attach another child to the rocket. <laughs> it's because none of these children have parents around, and also Chiron is not doing his... He's not teaching them moral lessons. Actually, in research, we would call this group a vulnerable population. It's true. They they literally all die a lot. They're all <laughs> minors. Yeah. 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 So okay. Apollo and Meg see and hear other campers that are in the maze and they're like getting stuck in traps and stuff. And Apollo has a little thought of like, I hope my children are okay. Eventually, Meg and Apollo reach a fork in the road, which I was like, where's Janice? He was at the last <laughs> labyrinth fork in the road. He thinks Wonder the labyrinth is too fluffy now. He's like, it's not the same true. vibe anymore. Yeah, That's true. Like, Apollo mentions how, I think Austin had told him that, like, the maze is not as scary now. But, so I guess Janice liked the edgy. The, the, maybe the maze was goth and now it's a little fluffy. It's like how Claire's transitioned from, like, goth to a little bit too pink and preppy. When was it's Claire's goth? Claire's was goth? Glares, I mean, according to the like the goth kids in our high school, I remember talking to them and they would always wear like, you know, the like the fingerless gloves and all black mm, and like yeah. black lipstick. I would always be like, oh, where did you get that stuff? And they're like, we used to get it at Claire's. <laughs> I got my goth Claire's makeup from changed. Claire's. <laughs> yeah, no, literally they were like, and then Claire's got too mainstream. And I was like, I've mm. never thought I would hear um, like someone say Claire's was not mainstream at one point, but mm. If you remember goth Claire's, please <laughs> let me know. Let us know. Was it real? I know. Did it ever exist? hallucinating? Yeah. Maybe. Was it being gaslit by the goth kids? I do remember those gloves, though. The fingerless yeah. gloves were a thing. Yeah. So, oh, did you do Okay. So, the fork in the road, one direction leads toward it's a whining sound that sounds like a table saw, and the other direction smells like sulfur and, like, volcanic stuff. Meg, who's like a rotten fruit queen, she loves bad smells. She's like, we're going that way. So they head away from the table saw and towards the smell. Apollo begins to feel nervous, and he also starts singing the chicken song, dance song to himself to soothe himself. Well, it's, he tries to sing like a Greek song, but he can't remember it. So he's just, or he can't conjure it up. And so he's just like humming the chicken dance, which is like, okay, Apollo. <laughs> I can I sorry this is interrupting again can I just say I have this like visceral memory of like 
you and a couple of our other friends who were like, you know, grew up, y'all are white. You grew up here. Unfortunately. Um, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Just like not only knowing the chicken dance, they were like, oh yeah, chicken dance. um, You do it at weddings. You like knew the choreography and stuff like that. And you knew the words, like there's like a, there's words to the song. And I did not, I grew up in, you know, an immigrant parent household. I didn't know what this shit was. I was like, the thing from Jimmy Neutron is real. You were like, are we doing it at your wedding? And I was like, no, we're not. Yeah, no, this was like recent. Like, this was this like was, right before your yeah. wedding. Because <laughs> someone was like, are we doing the chicken dance? And you were like, what the fuck is that? I was thinking oh. that in the Jimmy Neutron movie <laughs> that I saw in theaters, by the way, when I was a baby. Oh, of course you did. And it imprinted in my, my soul. And I was just oh. like, that is something that we like. You know, I didn't know that was like a real thing. I'm like, oh, from well, Jimmy now you Neutron. Have, you have another point of reference now. Apollo, the god. <laughs> oh, like in Trials of Apollo? Yeah. That yeah. Apollo. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Anyways, he's singing that song. <laughs> so he, as um, they go towards the smell, it grows stronger. And he thinks to himself that he recognizes this place, but he's like, it's not possible. Eventually, they see a golden light, and Meg says that there must be a golden apple, like, in this little cavern, and Apollo is forced to follow her since they're literally tied together. They travel through a volcanic vent and arrive in a large chamber. He recognizes this place for sure now. They stand at the Omphalos, which is a Greek word, but he never says what it means, so I looked it up, but now I don't remember what it means, so hold on, I'm gonna look it up again. Is it, like, the mouth of... The volcano or something? It just means the center or the hub of something. Oh. Yeah. Just say just say that. Just say I the know. center, Apollo. I it's know. fine. Yeah. Um, but he calls it the navel of the ancient world, oh, which is another awful. way I hate. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> Somehow the labyrinth has brought them to Delphi, and they stand below the chamber of the oracle, or at least where the oracle was, because, you know, the oracle is like, disappeared or whatever hasn't been in touch with it then a loud hiss comes from overhead and a monstrous body slides across a crevice overhead it's python chapter 18 the beast is calling tell him i'm not here let's hide where in garbage natch i had to look up what natch means it's just slang for naturally which made me hate it oh why is it okay? You made me hate it. It's like, Apollo, you're not cool. So Apollo is scared shitless to be stuck in a mortal body so near his sworn enemy. Yet Meg still wants to get the apple. She's like, I want to win this thing. And she's low-key just ignoring the giant snake that's above them. Meg snatches the apple, and then above them they begin to hear voices. <laughs> the dog's just like, what are you- Thank you for the sound effect. Really? That's the voices. Maggie going. (laughs) Okay, they begin to hear voices above them. At first, Apollo's afraid that they're talking to, like they know that Meg and Apollo are there, but it's actually Python talking to a mysterious man. Um, Python Python asks who approaches, and a voice says back, "Hello, my reptilian friend." Python (laughs) calls. Greet you from (laughs) now on. (laughs) 
formally like, hello, <laughs> my reptilian friend. Hello, my reptilian friend. <laughs> Our friends are going to be like, why? <laughs> no, or they'll just be like, we're used to this. Yeah, that's actually more accurate. <laughs> that's more accurate. No. <laughs> Python calls this man the beast. That's what I'll call you. Mike's going to think we're having an affair. <laughs> I had a note about this. I was like, that's a stupid <laughs> nickname for your, like, it's an evil so villain lame. named the Beast to name yourself something funnier or cooler. Oh, God. Couldn't even cut to make it the beauty, you know? Like, had to go with the ugly one. Ooh, he should have been the beauty. Yeah, I he had to know. go with the ugly one. He must yeah, be ugly. embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> they just have nicknames for each other. They're actually, like, besties. They're just, like, reptilian <laughs> friend and Beast. Beast? Um... <laughs> <laughs> Apollo thinks to himself that this nickname of the Beast rings a distant bell in his brain, probably because he watched Beauty and the Beast, but he can't recall who this person is. Beside him, Meg has grown terrifying, as if the presence of the monster is like finally kicking in, but Apollo's like, it almost seems like she's more scared of the man's voice than the snake's, but that would be absurd. The snake hmm. is scarier. The man says that they must have all the oracles under their control before they proceed. Python says that will happen in time and encourages the man to be patient. He says, You did not reveal your hand when the Titans stormed New York. I did not march to war with Gaia's giants. We both realized the time for victory was not yet right. You must remain patient for a while longer. Which is very ominous and like implies that this this figure was around. These villains were around for the past wars, but for some reason were lying low. The man says that he indeed has been patient. He's like, I've built an empire. <laughs> He's like Gwen Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you thought of when you thought built With an goop. empire. Yes. <laughs> Like literal emperors and went to Gwyneth Paltrow. Yes. Yes, I did. <laughs> That's what it's giving. The snake tells the man that he wants him to first destroy Apollo. That's his next step. The beast says that he has well-placed help within camp and not to worry about Apollo getting in the way, as his organization, Goop, is everywhere. Fine. <laughs> Python tells the beast that his next step is to set flame to the grove of Dodona, which lights up a memory in Apollo's mind, causing him to make a noise and alert them to his presence. Meg and Apollo then slip and fall off a ledge, and the labyrinth spits them out on a mound of wet, full garbage bags somewhere far away. Meg is clearly very shaken up, and Apollo asks if she recognized the man's voice, and she snaps at him to shut up. They find a door out of the garbage room and head towards it. Um, of my notes, I already went over how the beast is a dumb nickname. Super stupid. So dumb. Come up with something better. I hate when villains give themselves dumb nicknames. Mm -hmm. Um, I thought that the whole idea of like, there's, I have someone placed at camp, like there's a spy at camp, really was reminiscent of, um... The lightning thief, when the prophecy was like, one will betray you, and Percy's spending the whole time like, who's gonna betray me? And now mm -hmm. Apollo's like, who's the spy? That's fun. And my only other note is that this, anytime a character falls into trash, I just imagine the trash compactor from Star Wars, and I can't see anything else in my mind. Like, suddenly Apollo and Meg are, like, dressed as 
Han Solo. <laughs> I can't picture anything else. They're like stormtroopers now. I thought of like, I had in my college apartment, you had a trash room and it was mm, so bad. It smelled yeah. so just because we of the college students. Yeah. yeah. People would have to wear masks to go in and I was just oh. imagining that. Yeah. And after like the weekends too. Oh. Oh, it yeah. It's really awful. bad. There would be like pizza well, people boxes. Would miss, yeah, people would miss mm. the dumpsters and just like leave it in the room. And mm-hmm. it was just, ugh, it was rough. Love that. Yeah. Anyways, well, those are the chapters. <laughs> I did it. You did it. All right. So, my chapters, I get chapters 19 and 20. So, chapter 19, they have gone missing. No, 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 etc. Beautiful. Which is actually very sad. Poem. Yeah, that is what, really yeah. sad. Yeah. But also, it's a kind of lazy one, Rick, but you know what? Yeah. I think it's Rick's best work, actually. <laughs> <I know. laughs> At least he didn't count the syllables yeah. out loud in the poem. Meg and Apollo navigate through the corridors of the labyrinth until they burst into a vegan bakery, their garbage stench driving away all the poor mortal customers. <laughs> they run through the area until they find an old looking amphitheater with another entrance to the labyrinth, so they re enter. They are running like Python is chasing them, exhausted but determined to find the last golden apple so they can return to camp and tell the others about what they saw. Which I read it over. I don't remember when they get the second golden apple. They got one. They from, got one. She found one in the garbage chute. Oh, or the, okay, not, gotcha. it's not a chute. I just keep thinking it's a chute. <laughs> in the garbage room, there was also an apple. Okay, I did not yeah. remember. I was like reading it. It was like a sentence. Like, Where was the mini one? Yeah. Okay. Okay, they find the last apple in some hallway and a ramp lowers from the ceiling and takes them back to Camp Half-Blood's famously haunted woods. Apollo's That's stomach like drops. said no one would go there. He was <laughs> like, the lab won't go there. Don't worry. And he's like, don't worry. He doesn't bother to like confer with Harley or check his blueprints. Clearly, he just said, go, my child. And yes, now there will be consequences. So Apollo's stomach drops the moment he's back there and the voices start again. He and Meg rush back to camp and are relieved to see Chiron. And Chiron's very excited to see them. Chiron tells Apollo that his children, Austin and Kayla, have not returned and have probably gone missing. Which is like, (laughs) of course. And what are you going to do about it? (laughs) But anyway... Apollo is forced to go back and wash off the garbage, but he's unconsolable. Sorry, he's inconsolable about his children. He thinks about what he heard the beast say about upping the stakes so that Apollo would have to be involved, and he fears that his children are being targeted just to get to him. He gets ready to run into the woods to find them, but Will calls out for him. Turns out, Chiron, the only adult here, has made the children participate in a game where over half a dozen out of the total of 19 campers have become seriously injured. And I'm not talking about cuts and bruises. In fact, Paulo has his leg sawed off. (laughs) And Will, the literal child, is like holding it and is like, I have to reattach it. So bad. And Chiron's like, hmm, I don't know if this was a good idea. (laughs) I'm rethinking my decisions right now, just a little. People are missing limbs, and anyway. (laughs) Will is concerned about his missing siblings too, but obviously being the only medic in this godforsaken camp, (laughs) he has to focus on the injured. Nico is helping him, but is equally angry about his friends being taken. 
he's just like monitoring Will, giving Will some water to drink, but um, Apollo notices the grass around Nico is dying because he's radiating anger. I love that. I love that. Probably not a great idea for him to be around the injured and the sick, but yeah, he's yeah. got to stay with his boyfriend, so. Yeah. Apollo spends the rest of the day helping Will. He's not as great at healing as Will is, but that doesn't bother him. Like, not being good at music and archery had bothered him. He's always been second best at healing since his son, Asclepius, is the actual god of healing. And he's like, well, who doesn't want a kid who's a doctor? So I'm totally fine <laughs> being second best. Harley is super upset. The literal eight-year-old thinks it's his fault for making the maze go through the woods, even though he had not been given that information beforehand, and is scared that Apollo is angry with him. Apollo helps him out, saying that his beacon, if tuned to music and the correct frequency, can probably contact Festus, and tells him that no one can be sure how things turn out. They just have to keep trying to make them better. Apollo is very gentle with the kid and feels sorry that he feels so guilty. In fact, Apollo feels that this is mostly his fault since he wasn't able to kill Python when he was a god and now his kids are missing. Apollo says he's going back into the woods to find his children, but Chiron and Meg make him stay the night. He's too exhausted. Meg literally orders him and he has to stay, but he decides to wait outside and keep watch in case they come back. Meg joins him outside and they talk a little bit about Delphi and the beast. Apparently Meg has heard of him before. In fact, he's the one who killed her father. Her father had trained her to be able to fight him since apparently he preys on street demigod children. Mm. It's like, gross. Apollo yeah. thinks about how the beast said he has well-placed people in camp, like spies, and he tries to think of who it may be, but the truth is he has no idea, which is kind of a reflection of what you said about Percy. He, like, yeah. can't imagine anyone betraying him or the other campers. Mm -hmm. As dawn approaches, he sees a helicopter in the sky headed towards camp. Rachel Dare has returned. Our, our, our iconic rich girl who flies the I helicopter know. everywhere she goes. You know, she's like, for being so concerned about the environment, the, the helicopter cannot uh -huh. be eco-friendly. <laughs> so she, she just, just like, a jet everywhere. Yeah, like she hates that she's rich. Okay. <sighs> hates it. She's, she's more of a performative Yeah, activist. she benefits from from it oh yeah, yeah. she's not gonna say no to daddy's money no well neither would i so i can't really yeah, i get it yeah 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 i get it all right chapter 20 don't paint over gods if you're redecorating that's my common sense apollo loves rachel he can't talk like talk higher of her in any way she's young she's brought life back into the job of the oracle that used to belong to the literal corpse <laughs> and they're buddies Unfortunately, the Rachel he sees now is like a disgruntled shell of the old one. She looks older, which is mean to say, by the way. He's like, she looks really old and tired and really ruffled. Losing her powers has been very hard on her. When they go into her cave to talk, Apollo sees that all of her fortune... Fortune. <laughs> Apollo fortune sees that all... Teller. Fortune. <laughs> Apollo sees that all of her furniture has been turned over and her beautiful cave art has been whitewashed in her frustration. Rachel says that the, this is also gets me. So like they sent two satyrs to go get Rachel and try to bring her back to let her know that Apollo is now immortal and they need to talk to him. And um, the two satyrs who went to go get Rachel apparently arrived to her house like super injured and then died there. 
That's so traumatizing for her. And also, how do they have any campers or satyrs left after the last two series? I mean, that's why they dwindle down to 19, and they're probably going to yeah. have three left if Chiron keeps going this way. But the good news is that uh, um, Hedge had a child satyr, so we're repopulating oh, the world. <laughs> Um, Chiron, Rachel, Meg, and Apollo sit around the cave and discuss what they've learned. Rachel has done some digging herself. She mentions that the Manhattan property that she and the Romans parlayed at in the last series had struck her odd at the time. She was like, I know real estate. I know how expensive Manhattan (laughs) properties are. How were they able to procure such an expensive piece of property so quickly? So she had daddy's real estate lawyers dig into it. It's apparently owned by several shell companies with a parent company called Trimurivate. Sure. Mm -hmm. This rings a bell in Apollo's ancient brain. It was apparently a Roman organization back in the day run by Lepidus, Mark Anthony, and the original Octavian. Rachel also has, like, for some reason, she was able to get her hands on a blurry, like, kind of backlit photo of the current owners. Just like their silhouettes. There's three of them. And one who has a kind of a stooped figure and kind of radiates evil is one that Apollo feels in his gut is the beast. (laughs) Choose the ugliest guy. And you're like, that's the beast. (laughs) That's him. They identified them as adult demigods, of which Chiron is like, well, they have to be Roman because none of my Greek demigods (laughs) live to be adults. He's like, I purposely make sure they all die. (laughs) Yeah. Keep them young. Keep them fresh. Mm Mm-hmm. And they also realized that this corporation was the one that helped pay for all of Crook's mortal expenses. You know, like the yacht, the cruise ship, all the weapons, the custom-made battle flags, the sunglasses, mm. all of mm-hmm. that stuff. The mm-hmm. polo shirts. Yeah, all the boat yeah. shoes. <laughs> all the boat shoes. Yeah, to make, make sure that Luke looked hot to, like, see if they yeah. could kind of distract Percy while he was yeah. trying to fight him. Yeah. They definitely... Paid for all the salon visits with Brittany. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. that's so true. Yeah, it's yeah. on their credit card. Yeah. Apollo explains that he heard the beast tell Python that they want to control all of the oracles. The plural meaning that there is just more than Delphi. Five total, actually. One of the most ancient ones, which is the Grove of Dodona, he believes is actually here at camp. You wrote groove in your notes. I did. I realized that. I was like, okay. <laughs> Groovy Dodona. Groovy. So my notes. Um, I thought that it was very cute that Apollo really loves his children, but in like he also considers them as friends, which is cute, but also super confusing. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, because you got to know them. He also has this moment of reflection of, how he doesn't feel like a great dad because he doesn't check on his children, but he also can't keep track of well, the number of them. But also he loses time where he goes to check on them and it's actually been like 75 mortal years mm-hmm. and they're long dead. And he just doesn't realize it because time is, doesn't mean anything to him. Um, my other note is like, I was like, please, can we hire more help for Will? Because, like, doesn't get any... I also was curious, because he's, like, the only medic. Is he never allowed to leave camp? Like, can he never go home? Because, like, for the year-rounders, Chiron is continuously throwing... Like, having these stupid, dangerous games. And someone needs to put these kids back together. 
Like, maybe during the summer years when more Apollo kids are there, like, maybe there's more that are medically inclined. But, like, is Will just, like, does he have, he's, like, the head medic. Does he have to be there all year, all day? Like, they bought him scrubs. That's how serious (laughs) they are about it. They're funding his program. Um, I also, like, Rachel's described from going to, like, artist chic to farmer's wife, which is such a burn. (laughs) (laughs) But I kind of love the insane cottage girl aesthetic for her. Mm -hmm. I guess farm Mm -hmm. girl aesthetic. I was like, I kind of see Van Gogh, like, crazy hair, straw hat for some reason. Yeah. Yeah. If she plays any of the games, I'm sure she'll lose an ear, so. (laughs) Might as well. (laughs) Might as well. Chiron a letter. Um, this was really fun because as soon as, so in your chapters, uh, when they were, the beast was like, I have someone placed at camp or whatever, I was like, 100% it's Meg. Like, Meg mm-hmm. is going to be the one to betray. But then Meg is like, he killed my dad. So I was a bit confused. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have no predictions. Actually, all of my predictions have been semi-wrong at this point. No, you were right about Meg's parent. Gothic yeah, but parent. then I changed my mind, so I can't. That's true reclaim something and you were right that someone went missing you predicted like the wrong people but someone went missing into the woods yeah Yeah. they had to go missing like the stakes have to be raised a little bit but um i think they're gonna go i guess they'll have to go back in the labyrinth at some point to try to get Mm -hmm. to delphi and kill python i'm assuming Mm -hmm. that happens in this book called the hidden oracle but maybe that's it python is the final boss Mm -hmm. I don't know. We'll have to see. You sure will. Alrighty. Let's do some lightning bolt questions. So what, Mm. my one that I came up with, because Apollo, Mm. apparently the chicken dance calms his nerves. (laughs) What song do you play or would you play to calm your nerves? Ooh, um, there's a song called Saturn by Sleeping At Last, and it's Mm. one of my favorite favorite songs and it's just it's a lot of instruments and it's very beautiful it's very slowing so it's a good one to just kind of listen to when i'm anxious yeah they're good yeah what are you gonna say something out of pocket no maybe my favorite my like calming song since i was like a two-year-old is um from you know oliver and company the cat movie yes Yes. The song that the little girl sings to the cat on the piano, Good Company. I was obsessed with that song. As Like every single video of me as a two-year-old, I'm like singing it for the camera. That's so cute. It's really for cute. But a yes, because I'm a star. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I still, that's like, anytime I hear that, I'm like suddenly like, hmm, I'm like a little cat that goes to sleep. That's so cute. Thank you. Thank you. It wasn't too out of pocket. It wasn't no. like screamo music. No. I, th- I thought you were going to say something like, I don't know what you were going to say. Like, I'm, what's that song? Blue? Double D double da or something like <laughs> You're like, that makes me feel so calm. I feel so happy when I listen to it. Yeah. Um, this question, it's not super relevant to these chapters, but we got a lot of questions about like, the logistics of being a god being sent to earth so morgan on instagram asked if you were a god sent down to earth what would be your first course of action we haven't done Ooh. this question right i don't think we i don't have. think so okay i got we join a like, gym 
because oh. I would need to try to make my mortal body as strong as possible. And then also go to the doctors to make sure that I, like mm. my mortal body is like working because yeah. I feel like I would, these are things I wouldn't think about in an immortal body, but I need to, I need it obviously to continue. Yeah. Do whatever I need to do. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'd want to do things that are like, you wouldn't enjoy as a God, like eat or sleep. Oh. Because gods oh, probably I'm, don't okay. need to sleep. It'd be kind of nice no. to take a nap. Like a cozy nap. And yeah. like eat good food. I mean, I'd probably mm. want to make sure I was like clothed and stuff to <laughs> take a yeah. bath. Gods probably don't have to shower or take baths. No. Yeah. It's true. I was thinking more of like preparing for battle, but oh. I guess like this <laughs> is more of like just a- hanging. <laughs> Like, what you would want to experience. That's true. I would want to experience those things. I mean, it, also, if there's a battle coming, I don't know what I'd do. I'd try to get to Camp Half-Blood. I'd get lost. Yeah. yeah the, it would end, the book would end there because I would lose track of where I am. All right. Well, my question is, which two other gods would you form a council of three with? Oh. And which two demigods would you do it with? Hmm. I'm like, what's the purpose of my council? Mm. Like, I want to say Percy and Annabeth, but, like, I don't want to be a third wheel. And also, like, what if Percy falls in love? With, what if Annabeth falls in love with me? You know, I don't want to... What if they both? You're just a thruple. Or a thruple. Mm. Um, hmm. I'm like, what are my... Is it just me as me? Do I have any... Am I bringing anything to the table here? No. Actually, no, you're not. <laughs> okay, it's that just, like, seems It's fair. more of, like, who do you want to deal with? Like, there's, oh. like, whose skills do you want, but also who do you want to deal with? I think, like... For the gods, I would want, I'd want Artemis. I yeah. wanted, I feel like I could deal with her. She'd be a gift to deal with. Mm. And what other kind of energy do I want? So like, she's like badass hunter. She's smart. You know, I kind of want Hestia there also, because I think she'd be like a grounding presence she would yeah. bring, like, Artemis is a little more, like, fighty. Hestia would be like, let's all eat a meal and think about this. That'd be nice. And then I'm just there. <laughs> With the demigods? I'm going to think. You say your god answer. I'm going to think about okay. the demigods. So my god answer, I think one of them, I think, would be Apollo. But for selfish mm. reasons, I would want to bone Apollo. Yeah, Apollo seems um, hot as a god, yeah, not Lester. God. Sorry, Lester. I mean, I need him to not. I mean, he's also a child, Aaron. Like, he's a minor. But I mean, Apollo. Yeah. <laughs> yes. But, <laughs> but Apollo, I think, would also be funny, at least. We might get annoyed. Yeah. So to balance that, I think I'd also have um, Athena. Mm. Oh, that would be so. That would, yeah, that'd be good. They can bicker with each other to like kind of calm, like to like get on each other's nerves. But I would just enjoy the show. I think I like chaos. And you're just there. <laughs> I'm just there. I still don't know what demigods I'd want. Um, I would want, which I think was an answer for a, about lightning bolt question about like. Which of the two demigods do you want to like go on a quest with? It'd mm. still be Reina and Nico. Oh yeah, you had you said Reina. Yeah. I don't even remember what I said. I have no idea. <laughs> I I would want Nico because he's like really powerful, but at the same time to balance out him being like a drama queen child, I think Reina would be good energy. Yeah. 
No, you're right. I honestly am feeling like I'd want Leo on my team, but I think it's because he would bring like very different skill. Like, first of all, he he cooks for them. That's true. I want I that. would like to eat. Yeah. I would like to eat. Um, and the fire thing, like I wouldn't get cold. Um he'd be like a little chaotic, I, but I think yeah. that I could I could wrangle him in. Honestly, maybe like Hazel as the other the counter to Leo. Ooh, but then they'd yeah. have their weird thing going on and it would make me uncomfortable. Yeah. But like what about like the other people? Clarice would be fun. But I think oh, she'd scare fun. me. She'd probably bully me. But I don't think Clarice, I'd have fun. If she loves you or she like is yeah. loyal to you, like you were indestructible. Yeah. Rest so in if peace, I make Serena, both, but- yeah, both Clarice and Leo will fall in love with me. So they'll do what I want. Mm-hmm. Is mm-hmm. the solution here. Yeah. Mm, yeah there, there we go. That's what happens. <laughs> Always. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but that's a good question. I'm sure I said, like, completely opposite to whatever I said last time. I don't remember. I, I don't... mean, I don't I'm an I ever remember just saying person. Raina. And, no, I mean, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Stability. I mean, also, it's hilarious to think of, like, you know, us trying to explain why we chose to go into business with these two demigods. And we're like, because we knew they'd love us and fall in love with us <laughs> and we can control them easier. And yeah. I'm trying to explain, like, I want to bone Apollo. Like, that's yeah. not a good business plan. Yeah, that's my little my little god squad. God squad, that's a good name. That's a good it's, name. That's a good name. It's kind of like it's kind of fun. I don't think I'm bringing anything to it though. No, obviously not. Like neither of us are, except and for our lovely them, personalities. You're right. I don't think either yeah. of them would fall in love with me. Like there's nothing in it for them either. To I don't I don't think Artemis. Oh, Artemis and Hestia are both like made, and I don't think they have romance. No. So, it, it's really just, I'm just there. It's called friendship, Aaron. It's okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, next time we are going to be talking about chapters 21 through 24, getting more into the book. Are we halfway through the book now? I think we are over halfway through the book, aren't we? What? Oh, damn. Number episode is this? I don't know. Mm, we're this definitely halfway through. Yeah, we're like right at halfway through. Perfect. We're about to probably get to a little bit more, maybe leave camp, maybe not. I have no idea. Excited to find out. Yeah. If you are interested in supporting us, you can find us on Patreon. The link is in the episode description, as well as a link to send us an audio message. If you ever want to hear your questions on the podcast, we'll do our best to include them. Um, our social media is at Camp Half Pod. Erin puts up the lightning bolt questions there, and she responds a lot quicker but if you want a very slow response um you can email me at camphathpod at gmail.com it's like a slow burn it is i send i'll send like a good amount of info like i'll send a paragraph or two at a time it just gets it takes a bit for me to get there yeah yeah that's fair and don't forget to rate and review wherever you are listening to us with your wonderful ears (laughs) your listening ears and thank you Bye bye